Um, not supposed to be here. Uh... Aloha and welcome aboard Disney's Contemporary Resort, the Disney's Yacht Club Resort, Disney's Wilderness Lodge, Disney's Beach Club Resort, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Five, four, three. If you can dream it, you can do it. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Two. One. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we welcome you to Split Stays, a Disney Dads podcast production. A show about all things Disney resorts with your host, Joe Quattrochi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that is a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. This is Split Stays, episode five. Tonight, I have my brother, who is up in the land of Lincoln, Mr. Dan Rossi. Dan, welcome to Split Stays. How are you today, my friend? What's going on, Joe? I'm I'm, I'm super happy to be here. I want to talk a little Disney. Uh, you saw I posted earlier today that I'm I'm freezing here. It's snowing. It's like snowed the last couple of days. It's supposed to snow again the next couple of days. Like nothing, nothing major, but like three or four inches. So just enough that you have to go outside and shovel it, and it's just kind of wet and cold. And yeah, I'm just I'm kind of done with winter. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough to be annoying, right? I mean, listen, here in yeah. Central Florida, we had actually a really beautiful week. I mean, we actually were very unseasonably warm the way i usually judge the weather is i judge it by racing seasons right so this weekend is the rolex 24 hour sports car race at daytona and it's one of the coldest weekends of the year i know there's we like to go and watch the the sports car racing in the infield it happens it's a 24 hour race it's from 2 30 on saturday to 2 30 on sunday it doesn't stop it runs for 24 hours straight big wow. part big party in the infield my wife has a has a function during the event and it's a lot of fun but it's always freezing cold and of course we're coming into that weekend and tomorrow morning it's gonna be 40 degrees and that's that's cold for us here in central florida yeah. i know dave knows that as well so it, it's that time of year so we're not as bad as you getting snow but there are change of seasons here in central florida and uh yeah it's gonna be a, a cold one this weekend but you know it, it's gonna warm up it'll get to the 60s and you know and so on but you know it was it's been beautiful this week man it's been really crappy staying inside working but uh you know that's the way it is but <laughs> i feel for you man i've shoveled that snow before i don't miss it but yeah. for all of our DDB family members who are out there who live in northern states. I've been there. I feel for you, but it'll be springtime before you know it. I know every day I look at my window, man, and it stays lighter a little bit longer. So getting closer <laughs> to summer. So, but uh, funny thing, man, I'm seeing looking at you on, on Zoom right now and got the uh, the background of the beautiful Disney's Coronado uh, Springs Resort and Spa. And super excited to talk about that today on Split Stays. And for the longest time, uh, I've been wanting to do an episode over the holidays. I've been saying we're gonna we're gonna re record one, and just life gets in the way, right? But Dan yeah. has stayed at Coronado Springs twice, right? Twice within the last like month, month and a half, and I've stayed yep. there once. Uh, rekindled my love for this resort, and I know a lot of times when you focus on DVC, and I'm always talking about Saratoga Springs, and I'm always talking about Old Key West, and my you know my two favorites, right? But Coronado Springs to me, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. I, I went back, Dan, for the first time in probably a couple of years since I've stayed there. I have not yet stayed at Grandestino Tower, and I'm glad that you've stayed there, and you'll speak to that. But I've always stayed in the outer rooms. I walked onto the property. I was like, man, I love you know, I've been there. I've been there for dinner, right, but not stayed. I was like, I love this mm -hmm. place. I, this, that resort is so underrated. 
it gets no love. It, it's branded as the convention hotel for businessmen, right? I stayed there yeah. for two nights. I, there was some businessmen walking around, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, there are convention centers in all of them. Beach Club, sure. it's Contemporary. Yeah. I mean, so Grand Floridian's got you know convention center. So Swan and Dolphin. Uh, you know, it gets branded that convention hotel, but I love this place. I think it's got so much to offer. The location's great. The theming is outstanding. And we're going to get into that today. So the first thing I want to talk about is Disney's Coronado Springs Resort and Spa open August 1st, 1997. Can you believe, Dan, it's been that long? It's been open for that long? I, That's I don't, crazy. Yeah, I don't like, feel like yeah, it has been. I, no, like, I, again, like, I think, like you said, I think it's like the forgotten resort out there that, you know, it's just because it's, it's really not very far from a lot of the, the, you know, the parks. It's just kind of actually in a perfect location. I think what just kind of hides it from everything is the transportation. It only has the bus transportation. So it kind of, you know, people shy away from going there because it's a moderate resort and it doesn't have some of those extra amenities. But again, like, and that's part of the reason that my family never stayed there. And when I finally stayed there in December, like it is, it, it, it's a phenomenal resort. And I, I look forward to staying there again sometime in the future. Yeah. I mean, this resort is so underrated. I mean, first of all, like I liked it before they did the Grand Destino update. I, I stayed there. I think I agree with you hundred percent. The location's amazing. It's even though you have to take a bus, it's not that far right. off a world drive. It's like, it's not that far from animal kingdom. It's technically an animal kingdom resort hotel, right? Technically right. it's not far from Epcot. Cause the roads that take you there, it's like direct routes. It's like in the perfect spot right. Now, granted, you know, if you're staying on property there, talking about transportation, you've got a couple different bus stops, you know, for the outer, for the outer rooms you have, for example, you have the Rancho section, the cabana section, the casita section, and now you got the Grand Destino tower section, which is kind of like its own thing. But yeah, so that takes a little bit to get around, but that's no different than if you're staying at Port Orleans French quarter or Riverside. Yeah. So, but the location's amazing. What I love most about it, I guess we'll start with the transportation, right? It's a bus service, but for somebody who drives, the last time I stayed there, I stayed in the Rancho section. My room was like on the corner. I literally pulled up to right in front of my room and my door was right there. And as somebody wow. who, look, I'm not looking to stay like in the tower itself to have the lobby accessible. Like for me, it was easy to just boom, get right out to my car, get get in, get in and go, go to the parks. You know, it's just, it's so convenient, easy for me. That's what I loved about it. Now, when you stayed there, did you guys have a rental car up when you were there or did you just rely strictly on Uber, Lyft and Disney bus transportation? So when I went there in early December by myself for Away With Me Travel, uh, I used all their transportation, didn't have a vehicle, and it worked out fine for me. Um, didn't have to use the bus transportation that much, but the times that I did use it, you know, I, I didn't mind it. It wasn't bad. I guess, like I said, the only bad part was is there are a lot of stops, and the tower is the last stop. So I guess coming back at the end of the night kind of stinks because you're, you know, you basically go all around the entire resort and that last stop is the tower. So, I mean, that wasn't great, but otherwise, you know, I didn't really have much issues with it. Now I've, I've talked to other folks that said that they, they weren't a fan of the bus transportation. Sometimes they had to wait a long time, but at least in my experience, I didn't have that. When we went uh, with the family at uh, New Year's, we did have a car because we drove down from Chicago, which that that part kind of sucked but being on property with that that vehicle it was perfect i mean we utilized the transportation to go to the parks but when we went to disney springs i think it took us like eight minutes right down it was a point of vista drive like just a straight shot goes you know you go past all those resorts um you know you go past hollywood and epcot and boom you're at disney springs and it was simple uh so and we stayed in the tower the parking there in my opinion wasn't that bad because I don't know. And I don't know if it was because, you know, 
Disney charges for parking. So maybe there's less people there. I don't know, but the parking lot was pretty empty in my experience. Uh, we were literally about a, a one minute walk, two minute walk from the tower where we parked. It was right where the buses actually pick you up to go take you to the parks. And so, I mean, it was, it, it actually worked out really well for us. And I kind of enjoyed the fact that we had that vehicle there. Yeah. And doing some extra research uh, for the show, you know, I mean, I, guess I, I know a lot about the hotels, but you you learn by doing research and listening to other people. And I found an interesting uh, um, tidbit from our friends over at Touring Plants. Great site. We, you know, we don't, they don't sponsor us, but they're, they're great information out there. And one of the things I actually learned was that the tower was kind of geared more towards the business travelers because it kind of emulated that larger, more luxurious you know, hotel experience where they just pop down in an elevator. You've got a bar there. You've got a lounge there. You've got restaurants right there. You've got your convention space right there. You're not in these outer buildings. So that may be the case, right. Dan, where, you know, you stayed in the tower, but there might not have been a lot of parking because some people who are staying on property mostly just for their conventions, right? You know, they're right. not, they're maybe just taking cabs or uh, some sort of livery service from the airport or a bus. So they might not have a car on site with them. Um, so that's maybe, maybe one reason kind of putting two and two together. The other thing I realized is, about location, especially if you're having a vehicle. The one thing I really love is, and I've said this before about underrated resorts, and I believe the word is starting to get out there right now, is where Coronado Springs is located is right off of Western Way. And you go out west on Western Way, it'll take you to the edge of property out towards Flamingo Crossings. Now, Flamingo Crossings is where the college program dorms are out there, but there are a bunch of Hilton and Marriott properties. There is a small super target. or Not super target, but it's a small target. It's actually probably the smallest target I've ever seen, but Target, Walgreens, there is a bunch of shopping out there. So if you need to pick up something, want to get some drinks or snacks, and you don't want to pay the crazy prices that you could find in a Disney you know, gift shop, it's sure. a very quick drive with very little traffic uh, to get off of off property out to the Western White area. So that's why we thought it was a, a great location as well. And also easy access to 192 as well if you want to go eat off property and so on and so forth. So great location. I like the theming as well. I know the Grandestino Tower, it kind of went towards like a Spanish uh, Moorish design. But I mean, the rest of the resort is kind of like the American Southwest or Northern Mexico kind of theme. It works together, even though it's not the same delivery, the signage, everything kind of blends together nicely. Uh, I really like the theming out in the outer buildings, the uh, casitas and the cabanas and the ranchos. All those rooms have been redone. They kind of match up to what the to what the Grandestino Tower rooms were. What were your experience with the Grandestino Tower rooms? Like, I mean, what was it? I've never stayed in there. I've only seen the videos on, on YouTube. Get, tell us a little bit about your experience staying in the tower and that can maybe compare it to my experience staying out in the outer rooms. Sure. So, well, one thing, and this is, this is kind of a silly thing. The elevator system at the tower is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. I haven't seen it at any other resort. So when you get to the, I think it's a bank of like six elevators and it's not, it's not an up or down button. You basically select what floor you're going to. And then from there, the, the it's a, it's a touch screen. The touch screen will then tell you what elevator you need to go on. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it was probably the most efficient elevator system that I've ever, you know, seen before. So that was really cool. Uh, the rooms I thought were fairly spacious. You know, it has a, a, a nice large bathroom. They had double sinks, huge walk-in shower. Um, the only thing I didn't like, and I know a lot of the resorts are like this, it doesn't have a door. It has like the slider that goes across. So, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of those, but I guess it kind of, you know, doesn't take up as much space, so to speak. Uh, but the 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 living area was really big, a uh, huge desk area with like plenty of room for uh, you know all of your clothes and stuff like that. But 
you know, refrigerator, two huge size, uh, queen size beds. So, I mean, it was really nice. I guess the only thing it doesn't have is it doesn't have balconies because you're in the tower. But I mean, other than that, the views, I think I was on the ninth and the 10th floor in the two times I stayed there. Great views. Um, I didn't have a view of Epcot, unfortunately, because I know from there you can actually see, uh, you could have seen Harmonious because uh, you could see it up from the uh, from the Dahlia Lounge. But I did see, you know, I could see part of Hollywood Studios. I could see Animal Kingdom. So, I mean, again, you know, it was a really nice view. Yeah, those are some of the trade-offs that you're getting as a at a moderate resort. And that's the thing. It's it's still a moderate resort. Now, I call it a moderate on steroids, right? It's yeah. It's got everything. It should be a deluxe resort. I mean, For in, sure. in my opinion, and listen, I don't want Disney to <laughs> raise the prices, right? But the uh, casitas and the ranchos, I mean, that's like the garden wing now at the Contemporary. I mean, right. essentially, that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, you're not getting those balconies, but that's the trade-off right uh right. in regards to the the rooms there i mean in, in doing some you know additional research those rooms were actually 20 percent larger than the rooms the outer the exterior rooms uh in those other right. outer areas so that's a great you know 20 percent is a lot when you're looking at 330 sure. something square feet you know you add 20 percent to it that's room for luggage room to spread out a little bit more yeah. i mean especially if you're a business person and you're doing some work in your room as well you, that, that could definitely Every little inch counts, you know what I'm saying? Especially, yeah. you know, Dan, you travel, your family's large, you know, there's five of you, right? So it's every little sure. bit, every little bit kind of helps in regards to that. There are 2,300 rooms, uh, 2,384 rooms in this resort. Looking at it, 1,839 in the exterior outer buildings, 545 in the Grandestino Tower itself. Uh, those consider, That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of rooms. Uh, deluxe, one bedroom. They even have some presidential suites. And uh, for those that need it, there are 90 rooms that are for handicap accessible as well. So uh, I think there'll be a little bit more than that, but I guess, you know, 90 is still quite a bit, you know, I guess yeah. they're, pro they're probably required I mean, to have a certain percentage, I would assume. But. Sure. That's a, that's a ton of rooms. And like we were there over new years and at no point did it seem like it was really, really crowded though, in my opinion. That's the good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, you do you have the space to spread out. It's not crowded. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the last thing you want is to be in it, you know, to be, have everybody everything on top of you while you're trying to enjoy your vacation right. so but yeah obviously like i said the grandestino towers they are the newer rooms but they have upgraded all the outer, outer rooms which is uh like i was very comfortable in my room great size tv uh like i said i loved pulling right up to uh, the front of my building it was right there in the first floor it was it was quiet i feel personally that those outer rooms are probably a little bit quieter there's probably a lot more action yeah. going on in the tower especially with the, the restaurants and the lounges and bars and so on uh, i like quiet i've said that many times on all of our shows uh, i like to be kind of like just left alone at the end of the night after a rough day at the parks or a crazy day at the parks right so that was my experience there easy to get in and out from from just parking myself but if you're definitely looking for a little bit more room and maybe that little bit more traditional resort experience, the Grandestino Tower is probably something that you're looking for. You're going to pay a little bit more for it, too. I mean, that's that's the thing as sure. well is, you know, it's going to be a little more in price. Uh, just off the top of your head, Dan, I mean, I'm not trying to put you on a spot here, but do you know the price differences for me on the travel agent side with the way we travel? Like like the price differences between maybe a Grandestino Tower room and maybe, uh, you know, an exterior older room? Yeah, well, actually, I can because uh, we were originally booked in one of the outer rooms uh, and, and we weren't in. A, I don't believe we were in a, in a premium section. And usually the premium, I think, is the casitas could just because it's a little bit closer to everything else. Um, so but I don't know exactly where they were going to put us. So I think we were just in a standard room. So we could have been in the cabanas or the ranchos. And when I went there, you know, I just I really loved the tower. I wanted my wife to experience the tower a little bit. So I asked if they had any upgrades and they did. 
but it came at a cost. So I think we were there for what were we were there for. We were there for four nights and it cost me an additional like $550 to upgrade to the tower. So, I mean, it's like a little over a hundred dollars a night that we paid to stay in the tower as opposed to staying in one of those outside rooms. You know, that's something you haven't done before. So it was a newer experience for you, something that Jen wanted to do as well, you know, so right. it's, it's, it's something that didn't break the bank on you either, you know, something that yeah. you, could, you could afford and, and, and experience that, and especially, you know, being in the travel agents, you know, industry, you know, it definitely helps to speak to your, to your clients about your personal experiences as well. You know, um, talking about the preferred rooms, you're right. It's uh, the casitas buildings one, two, and three are considered uh, preferred with a standard view. And then some of the water view rooms that have views of the water um, are preferred uh, as well. The standard views are the buildings that are um, kind of like where I stay, kind of like with parking lot views and so on and so yeah. forth. So it's, you know, it's like anything else. Disney's got the multitude of categories. It depends on your view. Uh, you know, personally for me, I always go for the standard view. I'm not really paying. I'm, there's only a select few resorts that you really are paying for the view, and that's the Contemporary, maybe the Polynesian if you're running a concierge with the right. overlook of the Magic Kingdom or Grand Floridian, the same thing. So I mean, Coronado, I, I don't know if you really – you maybe pay for the location, right, if you don't want to do as much walking. Right. So Exactly. But uh, So, you know, we've talked kind of talked about the rooms, uh, great rooms, right? They're new. They're up-to-date Let's get into a little bit of like the the pools and kind of the things around the grounds. Did you guys experience any of the pools? There's four pools at uh, Coronado Springs. They got the big, big, big dig pool and the three quiet pools. Did you guys experience any of the pools on any of your stays before? Yeah, we just went to the main big pool, the dig site. Um, when we were there, like they, the first day was kind of a pool day for us. And I think uh, I want to say New Year's Day as well. We went over there and the weather was pretty decent. So we actually spent a little bit of time there. The pool there is really nice. It's got a nice huge slide for the kids as well. And they had activities going on. And actually like on the backside of the pool area, there's like an arcade for the kids. There's like a play area. They had like ping pong tables and like uh, shuffleboard stuff like that. So like my boys spent a lot of time over there. Uh, there's a nice little bar over there too that has some good drinks. Um, we did not try any of the quick service that they had at the bar, but uh, like I said, that all was really good. I, every day they had, uh, they did s'mores and roasted marshmallows because uh, there's like a, a large area to like, you know, for a fire. So they did that every day. So the kids went over there. I think the marshmallows are complimentary. If you wanted to do s'mores, you had to pay a small fee or something like that. But no, I, I, the pool there was was great. Uh, it's a moderate, you know, moderate resort pool, essentially, where it, it does have a nice big slide and stuff like that. And the pool was actually pretty big. Yeah, I mean, the uh, you're 100% right. The, the water slide's 128 foot long. And for a moderate resort, it's probably one of the better sliding experiences. Uh, I know how much <laughs> myself, Dave, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Justin love uh, water slides. It sits on the bottom of a 46-foot Mayan pyramid, which... You know, talk about theming. I mean, this is during the Eisner era where they were just theming the crap out of everything. And I mean, this is just a really cool experience. The bar there is fantastic, by the way. I mean, sir, great margaritas, great drinks. Jen and I, when we stayed there this past trip, we didn't get a chance to use uh, to utilize the pool. But one of the first experiences we had a few years back, uh, we hung out by the pool. We had some drinks. It was really fun. A little bit of a walk. What makes it easier now is if you're on the opposite side of the resort now, because of three bridges in the middle, you you can actually just cut through the the, the lake. So it it definitely makes the walk to the pool a lot easier because it's kind of set kind of far in the back. Uh, it's funny you talk about how big the pool is. Um, that that pool is the Lost City of Cibola feature pool and it is one of the largest pools of all the Walt Disney World resorts, which I find fascinating. Huh. Uh, you, yeah. you kind of think of large pools as, you know, Animal Kingdom or, or Beach Club and Yacht Club, but now this is actually one of the of the larger pools. 
for a moderate resort as well, it's got three quiet pools. This is almost like a DVC kind of feel where if you're not into right. like being around all of the action and, and kids and activities with, with the, with the cast members, you can just go off to a quiet pool located around the resort and just kind of get away and just kind of do your own thing, which I think is, uh, which is, which is kind of interesting. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's, it's it, all those three outer building sections each have their own quiet pool. Is that right? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the casitas, yeah. the ranches. Yep. Yeah, and, and like I said, I didn't get a chance to see any of those. I mean, I love the fact that they do that. Uh, I think I don't even know if they do that at Caribbean Beach with all the different uh, sections. I think they do, if I remember correctly. But still, like, it's nice to have that nice quiet pool, especially you know if you don't want to make that. You know, depending on how far away you are from the dig site, if you don't want to make the walk later in the afternoon, you just want to go relax by the pool for a little bit. It's nice to have that quiet pool in your section where you don't have to go very far. Yeah, and I think that the quiet pools, unlike the DVC pools, don't have a a bar or a lounge or any kind of like quick service that's only at the main dig site pool. Uh, CSS Pool Bar is the one at the main dig site pool, and they have like some you know quick service pickups, and they got the, the drink, uh, various you know cocktails or drinks you can get there. I'm sure there's a place to refill your your refillable mug. I'm sure they have that there. I don't. Not 100% sure off the top of my head, but I know the smaller pools uh, don't have that. The other bar that kind of just pops in my head is the Laguna Bar. That's kind of uh, located by the main building. To me, the couple of times I've been there, it's never open. <laughs> it's uh, right outside yeah. the. Uh, it's never open, so but it, that's actually listed on the on the resort site as being an option there as well. But yeah, there's only the one bar by the pool, but that's okay. I mean, it gives you options, and if you've got a car on site and you're mostly like a beer drinker, just bring your small cooler, no glasses, bring some cans, and nobody really bother you. I mean, I, me and Jen do that all right. the time, and uh, you'll save yourself a few bucks here or there, and you know, every, any bit of money you could save, you put that towards a nice dinner for yourself. So That's right. Um, yeah, so speaking of dinners, uh, I think that Coronado has uh, some definitely underrated dining. I know it's something that we don't talk about a ton on our show, or a lot of shows don't talk about. It's got a couple different... Uh, options for for dining uh the first one that comes to my mind which has been uh which has been around a long time is the maya grill uh mixed reviews some people actually love it some people don't love it so much dan thoughts on the maya grill for dining uh have you experienced it before i have not and you know just to mention this like i can't think of another resort that has this many like full service restaurants like on property like that i mean they have, you know, like, I think there's like four different restaurants. Now the Maya grill, I, I, I was tempted to go there one night uh, when I was there as a, a, you know, for my travel agent trip in this early December. Uh, Cause it's kind of a, more of a, like a Mexican theme to it. Um, and you know, just didn't make it out there. So, I mean, like I said, it, the, the cool thing is, is if you are staying on property there uh, uh, at Coronado Springs is you can usually get in pretty easily, uh, especially with the, you know, just putting your name in uh, from the app you probably won't wait more than like 10 or 15 minutes to get a table. So it seems like it's, it's really easy to get into. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a good friend of mine, Mike Rahman from the BR guest podcast. Uh, that dude loves the Maya grill. He, <laughs> if you follow him on social media, Mike's a good friend of mine that he is at every time he goes to Disney, he's at Maya grill. He goes out of his way to go to Maya grill. So shout out to yeah. Mike. Um, I know he loves uh, Maya grill. Uh, you're hundred percent right. Dave. There are, since even the tower has been built, there's a ton of options. Another option as well is uh, cafe Rick's. That is a grab and go. Um, it's kind of yep. located. It, you can grab some quick sandwiches there. Uh, some salads. There's also the food court. The food court recently changed its name. I can't remember what it used to be called, but it's a similar food court to what you'll see at like Art of Animation, what you'll see at Pop, um, at Pop Century, uh, where they have different offerings for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Have you guys eaten in the food courts before there? 
Yeah, I usually had breakfast there every day uh, when we were there in December uh, for New Year's. So, you know, just your standard, you know, either like a breakfast sandwich or like your Mickey waffle, stuff like that. Uh, and then we also got our, our refillable mug there as well. So I'd get coffee in the morning or maybe grab some some soda. Yeah, the El Mercado El Mercado Food Court. I can never say that. I just found it. It's been, it's been a while. I forgot it was called something else, but then they kind of rethemed it. And it looks great. I mean, it's all redone. It's super easy. There's plenty of seating in there. And it's never busy. It's not like, uh, for example, um, Art of Animation or Pop Century where people take the Skyliner over and they're kind of hopping around a little bit and they'll pop into. This food court's not super busy a lot of the times. So um, it's, it's definitely an easy option for families. Since they redid the tower and it kind of redone a lot of the restaurants, Rick's Sports Bar and Grill wasn't wasn't a thing back then, and it's been rethemed to a sports bar and grill. I had the uh, privilege of having breakfast with uh, obviously a good friend of the show, Rick Reagan. We met the last time we stayed there for breakfast. Great place, first of all. I, since ESPN is gone uh, at the boardwalk, this is a great place to watch a sporting event. Plenty of TVs. It's a sports bar. The breakfast was very good. Me and Rick, I had an omelet. Rick had something. I forgot what Rick had, but uh, our breakfast was excellent. Great service. We got seated right away. Plenty of availability. And the fact that this has been redone where it's an option now where, you know, you want to just go down to the sports bar or go down to the bar and have a drink and watch the game. There's multiple of lounges on property at Coronado Springs, uh, especially with inside the Grandestino Tower. But if you want something that where you just want to go and watch the game or if, you know, football's out of the final four, whatever you're watching, right? This is the place to go. Did you get a chance, Dan, to pop into uh, Rick's Sports Bar and Grill? Yeah, I did. Uh, when I was there earlier in December, I went there. By, sadly, I went there by myself for dinner one night because um, I was waiting for, I think we were supposed to meet some agents later on in the evening. And I was kind of hungry. So I, I, I actually went down there because because Mr. Rick Reagan did recommend it. He said it was really good. Now he did mention breakfast, but he also threw some out menu items out there for dinner. I think there was like some burger on there that had like mac and cheese on it or something like that. He said it was really good. I ended up getting like a Reuben. I mean, it was good standard, you know, bar and grill type food. It was good. I would definitely go there again. Uh, and the atmosphere seemed pretty nice. They had a couple of TVs out there as well. So if you wanted to watch a game, you'd be able to do so. So again, it was it was, it was a, it was a good place for a quick meal. Yeah. And this is uh, Rick made an uh, interesting comment to me. He said, this is kind of his go-to spot. And now Greg's a cast member as well. He said, this is like his go-to spot when he has people coming from out of town and the way he was referring to it, it's almost like the way cast members refer to Olivia's as like a, as a go-to spot for cast members. So this is Rick's spot. Rick is a, obviously a, a huge, great fan and family member of the show. So if Rick is recommending it, you know, give it a shot. If it's not good, Rick is active on our Facebook page. Let him know that you didn't like it and that it was all his fault, right? So, but there's still, we still have a couple more to touch and this is still a moderate resort. Three bridges in the middle of the lagoon. I still haven't had a chance to get out there yet. Just the time did not permit. Did you at least get a chance, Dan, to take a walk uh, and check out Three Bridges and what the vibe was out there? I mean, I remember when they first announced this, I was like, they're doing what in the middle of the lagoon? And it's pretty cool. I just haven't had a chance to see it. So thoughts on three bridges out in the middle of the, uh, of the lagoon. Yeah. I mean, I, I walked out there multiple times. I did not get a chance to eat there just, you know, because timing wise, it just didn't work. But I mean, it looks like a really cool place to have dinner. It's all open air, you know, so you're like, you know, you, you have great views all around. You could see the tower. You're, you know, you're on the water. The menu actually looked pretty good. Uh, Cause I looked at it a couple of different times. I think the day that I went to Rick's, uh, sports bar and grill. I, you know, I contemplated whether I wanted to go over to three bridges, but you know, ended up going with Rick's, like I said, it looks like a really cool place to have dinner, Uh nice atmosphere right there on the water. 
uh, and hopefully next time, maybe, uh, you know, I'll give that one a shot. Yeah. If anybody knows how the, the bar situation is out there, I don't know. I probably need to pop in a YouTube video and see what, if somebody did a review on it, if it's a cool lounge situation, I don't know if it's sort of like maybe the boathouse where they have some seating out by the water. I don't know. I don't know how that is. Um, I need to check that out, but if anybody's had any experience with the, you know, the, the lounge area out there, just let us know on our Facebook page. It'd be great to let us know how that experience is coming to the last, uh, and I think is the most Listen, I'm a huge fan of this restaurant, Toledo, on top of, of uh, the Grandestino Tower. It, uh, it's, I mean, I recommended the chimichurri steak there. I absolutely love it. I have never had a bad meal there, eaten about two or three times. Uh, also, home to Dahlia Lounge. Dahlia Lounge does not get enough love. Everybody talks about the contemporary observation deck and, and top of the world at Bay Lake Tower. You got to go to Dahlia Lounge. I mean, you could see every, I mean, you could see the studios, you could see Epcot, you could see Magic Kingdom. I mean, it is an underrated view from uh, atop of Dahlia Lounge. So uh, kind of close out of uh, the bars and restaurants on uh, on Coronado Springs property. Dan, any experience with Toledo? Yes, I, I ate there both times I was there uh, and, and and I'm a huge fan. Uh, I think I said this before, this this tower kind of gives me like Riviera vibes. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, it's just, it you know, it's, and I know you mentioned that, you know, hey, this is a, a moderate, but it's not a moderate, you know, in Disney, actually, I think they're starting to get away with get away from that where they don't want to say, you know, value moderate deluxe. I think they're trying to go more for, you know, Animal Kingdom area, Epcot area, so on and so forth. And maybe it's so they could charge more money. But again, like this, this tower is like a game changer for the whole resort where it, 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 it makes it feel like it's a deluxe resort. Loved Toledo. Uh, I had the filet the first time I was there. I had a uh, a fish the second time. Had a couple of the appetizers. Uh, the the wine selection there is unbelievable. They have like a huge selection of Spanish wine there, which is it was really good. I think me and my wife actually shared a bottle when we were there uh, in January. And when I was there earlier in the month, I you know I think I think I just had like a, a small glass for myself. You know what's great about Toledo too is it's got a ton of different options as well. You know, if you look at the menus, like I said, I like the chimichurri steak. I had it, you know, a while back. They've got tapas there. They've got the chef's the sh- I can't even talk to you. The chef's signature dinner for two, which is one hundred fifty five dollars. Um, it's got kids build your own entrees where they got grilled steak, meatballs, sustainable fish. It's not your typical. They've got different options. It's not your typical signature. I mean, it's borderline a signature restaurant. I don't know if this is really technically classified as a signature restaurant, but if it's not, it's pretty darn close because of the experience there. So, you know, I think it's a great restaurant. I think if you, the usual suspects, California Grill, Citrico's, all of like our favorites, Ohana, like they always get the love, right? But if you want to try something different, you have a car, you don't mind Ubering somewhere, check out Toledo. I think you'd be you'd be pretty surprised at how good of an experience it is. You get there a little bit early, have a drink, maybe time it with the fireworks. I think this is something that I think you and your family would definitely um, enjoy. I know Jen and I have enjoyed it. We've had many, uh, many, many cocktails there, even though we didn't even have dinner. We've gone up there for drinks. So really nice. The staff is great there. The cast members are great. So kind of close things out, Dan. I mean, we've, we've discussed it. Uh, we've discussed the rooms. We've discussed, you know, the the pools and uh, the restaurants. Obviously, there's uh, Panchitos, which is also the the sundry shop. Coronado does have some decent merch uh, for the resort. So if, if you're a resort merch guy like me, they have, do have some cool uh, themed merchandise there. So shout out to the GM of Coronado Springs for putting some uh, your logo on the, the merch there. So that's always great. But yeah, I think it's a great resort. You know, it's got the convention hall. We really didn't touch on that a lot. 
if your company's going to book a convention there, it's going to it's going to take place. I think you're, if you're a convention there, you're going to like it. There's a lot there for you. You can walk. Everything is enclosed. So if you need, if you're staying in the tower, you need to go to your convention hall. You don't have to walk outside in the rain, which I think is great. I think if you're a family, I think that's not going to bother you so much. So I like for this to get away from the convention space is kind of ruining the experience. I think that, yes, you're not going to have Disney characters thrown in your face, but I think that you're going to enjoy the theming. You'll enjoy some of the hidden Mickey's. You're going to enjoy uh, how the resort's been redone. You're definitely enjoy the proximity to the parks. I think it's in a great spot. Um, and I think this is something that you shouldn't overlook. The one last thing, Dan, by the way, is I failed to touch on it as we close out our show today, is uh, this is technically a spa. So there is a small spa on site. It's not really advertised too much, but there is a spa on site that is available as well if that's something that you're into as well. So I think this is a great resort. I loved it. I stepped foot on there and I was like, wow, I really love this place. I need to talk about it more. I'm glad that you and I, even though we didn't get a chance to hook up because like our schedules didn't like, you know, mesh up. I'm glad that you stayed there recently. You have experience to talk about and we got to discuss it with our DDP family tonight. So in closing, your overall thoughts, would you recommend this and would you stay there again? Uh, for sure. I, I can't, you know, go on without mentioning Barcelona Lounge too on that, that ground floor. How could I forget uh, that? Thank yeah. you, dude. Like that, that, that was a really nice lounge. We had a drink there uh, like right before New Year's, but that was my spot every morning because they served uh, some really good coffee there. There was a drink there called the Cafe Bonbon. It is like an espresso with like sweetened condensed milk. It's not a very big drink. It's very small, but it's 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 strong and it's sweet and it, it was really good. I, I think we had one every day before we uh, before we went off to the parks. And then the Dahlia Lounge, like you said, it's it, it is a fantastic lounge. The bartenders there are great. They have a great selection of bourbon. Um, they are playing that Destino film. It's like a six minute film. Uh, that's kind of weird, but you know, you should check it out on YouTube, but yeah. And even the, even the club level lounge there, the Kronos one, that that's a really fantastic lounge too, if you are staying club level over there. So, but I would definitely stay here again. I would even stay here. And we've done this in the past, my family, where we have stayed at a Disney resort and not gone to a park. I can easily stay here for three or four days and have plenty to do around the resort property, hit Disney Springs. Like this is a, this is a resort that you should not sleep on. Like if you've never been there, give it a shot because you will not be disappointed. Yeah. I definitely hope that they don't build. There's not a lot around. If you ever take a look at a Google satellite view, there's not a ton around it. So I really hope they kind of give it its space. Let it breathe a little bit. This is definitely one of those resorts. I agree with you, Dan, hundred percent. If, and this is why it's geared towards business people as well. I could sit there, work in the lobby for a little bit, fire up my laptop, get some work done and not feel like, oh my God, I got to get to the parks. It's just, it's got that really laid back vibe where you can get kind of get into your own zone and just, you know, just kind of get away from a little bit and enjoy the resort for what it is. And thank you, man. I don't know what kind of host I would be. I forgot some of the best parts. Talk about club level, <laughs> talking about the Barcelona lounge. That's why I'm glad I got you here today, man. Uh, to talk uh, Coronado Springs to kind of fill in what I missed. But uh, I love this resort. Uh, I hope that it, this kind of sheds a little bit of light of how good it is. And uh, it's one of those things, if you're interested, you know, I'm sure Dan or Justin Brandon Away With Me Travel can help you guys out uh, with those travel plans as well. So in closing, guys, thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Split Stage. We look forward to the next episode. Hopefully Dan Wright will be the next month or so hopefully it won't be a couple months like yeah. it is you know for sure but if you guys <laughs> if, yeah, if you guys have thank you for coming on tonight if you guys have any uh any requests of like the next resort you want us to uh to preview or look at let us know 
uh, hit us up on our Facebook page or at DisneyDadJoe at gmail.com. Let me know there, and uh, we'll, we'll get it out there for you guys. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, the next show. So for everybody here, for Dan and myself, I'm Joe. Thank you for listening to Split Stays, and you guys have a great evening. Have a good night.